Welcome. Good evening to Girlfriends Talking, where your story matters. I am your host, Ramona Torres. So wherever you are today, just grab a drink, grab a seat, get comfortable, and please get your questions ready for us. Um, so during the broadcast, we will address them at the end of the broadcast. So if you can get your questions ready for us. Um, and if you have not already invited a friend, please, this is a time to tag a sister, call a friend, text her, and let her know that we are on tonight with my very good friend, Angie uh, Bowman. Hopefully I'm saying her last name right. Um, and so just come on in and just enjoy. We're going to be talking about the one thing that's so desperately needed today is peace. And so I'm going to go ahead and bring Angie on. Let me tell you a little bit about my friend. So Angie is a pastor. She is a Bible teacher, an author, a podcaster, and the founder of Steady On Ministries. The mission of Steady On is to identify the lies we believe, the places that we are stuck, and to find biblical application that helps us move forward. Angie is a trauma and abusive survivor, and she speaks openly about her ongoing journey towards deeper healing. Uh, when she's not working, Angie loves planning trips to Walt Disney, um, sipping cups of hot tea, and watching medical or crime dramas. Now, Angie is my girl. She lives in Southern Illinois with her husband, Matt, two sons, Alex and Josh. And I'm excited to welcome you into this conversation with Angie. So let's bring her in, y'all. Hi, Angie. Hello, Ramona. Thank you for having me this evening. Oh, thank you for joining me, girl. We have so much in common. I just love it. Love it, love it, love it. Tell you me. like medical and, uh, crime dramas also? Yes, girl, I do. Oh, my gosh. I could binge on that all day. Me, me too. I can get sucked in. So my husband last Christmas got me a T-shirt that says just one more episode. Yes. Oh, I love him already. <laughs> um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming out. Um, how's the weather in Illinois? It was beautiful today, around like 85 as a high and sunny. And so we're starting to get in Southern Illinois. We're starting to just begin in the mornings to feel a little bit of fall creeping in. So we'll, we'll still get some hot temperatures. It's not here to stay just yet, but it's starting to hint that summer is beginning to loosen its grip just a little bit. Yes, we've had that, uh, uh, what is it called? Sweater weather. Um, I don't know if growing up, if you got to watch that show on Saturdays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sweater weather. <laughs> you know, it's funny. My grandma lives in Melrose Park. How, how close is that to you? Is that Chicago area? That sounds Chicago. -y. So I am six hours south of Chicago. So oh. not we're not real close to Chicago, but we're a train ride away. We're big Cubs fans here. Well, a lot of people where I live are Cardinals fans because we're about uh, two hours from St. Louis, Missouri. But okay. my husband was raised a Cubs fan and my boys are Cubs fan. We're all Cubs fans. So we make we take the train to Chicago uh, almost every year. At least they do and uh, go to a Cubs game and spend some time in Chicago. My my kids love Chicago. So. That's awesome. You know, my dad growing up um, had never gone to a, a baseball game before. And I, so I have one brother, my older brother, and then there's three girls. And so a couple years back, we took him to go visit grandma and we took dad to a Cubs game. And my dad was like so thrilled. He had never been to a game before. And of course, every boy in America 
wants to go to a ballpark with their father, right? Yeah. So my dad's teary eyed, my brother's teary eyed, I'm teary eyed, and it was just so much fun. It's, it's wonderful. It's like it's kind of like a pilgrimage, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll have to do that next time I come out and there's a game. We'll have to take the train and meet you there. I would love that. I would love that. All right. So tell my girlfriends a little bit about your story. What are some of the events in your life that have made living at peace with yourself and God a challenge? Yeah, thanks. I, you know, I grew up a preacher's kid, so I've always been in church since ever since I can remember. Like there's never been a time that I was not in church. And really from a very early age, Ramona, I have had a real sense of the presence of God in my life. And so I'm not, I don't have like kind of a wandering story. And yet I do have a wandering story because really I, I define peace for me, at least as agreeing with God about who he says I am and who he says he is, right? Like that's peace. When I can say, yes, I will receive what you say about me is true. And what you say about you is true. Then I have this sense of peace. But, you know, the enemy likes to push on anything to keep us in a more anxious. I I think the opposite of peace is anxiety or, you know, anxiousness. And, you know, I I deal with that. I think we all deal with that, this uh, idea of anxiety to a certain degree. But One of the things, my upbringing was really unstable because we moved around so much. My dad was an itinerant. Before you go into that story, I need you, that was, you dropped a nugget that was like, I need you to rewind and say what you said again when I asked you that question. About peace, how I define peace is that, yeah, it was so important for me to understand that because then it helps me get back to it when I when I'm not there. And so for me, I define peace for myself as agreeing with God about who he says I am and who he says he is. When I'm in that space, I am peaceful, no matter what's going on around me because I used to think and I think a lot of times we get confused or fooled maybe that peace is about our circumstances. And it is I, I don't like never and always very much, but I'm going to say it's never about our circumstances. Like if our circumstances are peaceful, all the better, right? That's so great. I could just live there. But as a believer, as a follower of Jesus Christ, we are given the opportunity to be at peace regardless of our circumstances. And that is about, for me anyway, that's that definition. And I, I think for all of us, but I would be open to other people define it. But for me, it is agreeing with God about who he says I am and who he says he is. Now you were going to go into some of your family when, when I interrupted you. So yeah, no, that's fine. Um, no, I like, I think our, I think my family background and like some of my experiences can help listeners know why I struggle to be at peace. But those are, again, those are circumstances, right? That like we all have to overcome our own circumstances to decide that we're going to stay in a place of peace. But yeah, for me, I had an unstable, we moved around a lot. My father was an itinerant pastor, so he was appointed one year at a time. So we moved fairly frequently. I switched schools often, which for some kids, I think maybe that's harder than others. I think all kids struggle with instability, but it was, it was pretty bad for me. Like, and and the older I got, the harder those moves got, you know, because we, we moved into communities that for, for the most part were kind of, um, there were small rural communities that were not very transient. So a new girl was kind of like a big 
thing, you know? Um, and uh, I had a hard time uh, making friends or feeling like I belonged. It had a sense of community around me. Uh, our family relationships, we don't, I don't have close, like, um, extended family relationships. So there wasn't the stability really in family. I have one sibling, she's seven years younger than me. And so we, we were friends to a certain degree, but when you're growing up with that age gap, it, it, we found it challenging also. And so as we moved and I just kind of, I really struggled to feel, feel like I belonged anywhere. And so I was always trying to, I guess, figure out how do I belong here or um, what do I need to do for people to like me or to be able to fit in here or to belong? And um, when I was 16, this was a, a very uh, hmm, pivotal, I guess, uh, point in my life. When I was 16, I was a senior in high school and I was groomed and seduced into a romantic relationship with a teacher at the high school that I I, I attended and he was 20 years my senior and he was married and had a child and he had kind of a long line of doing this, but uh, he was a predator, but I didn't, of course, I didn't know that. But what a lot of times happens in those situations, I was vulnerable. I didn't feel special. I didn't feel like I belonged. And here's this charismatic, well-loved, beloved, right? You can probably, I can paint that picture for you, you know, who said, you're special to me. Right. And uh, we were in a relationship that lasted about nine months. And then it went public because uh, there was an anonymous tip called to the Department of Children and Family Services. And what happened? So then caseworkers and police officers got involved and it was on the news and in the papers, small rural community of about four, 1400. So, uh, you know, very tight knit com community. And again, he was just well respected. He was uh, loved by the students, loved by the parents. He was a band director and the band room where we rehearsed had, you know, was filled with accolades and newspaper articles and awards and things. It was kind of, it wasn't a real big like sports community. The band was kind of the thing that, you know, that people rallied around. They came to the basketball games to, as much to hear the pet band as they did, you know, to watch the basketball game. It's just kind of that sort of community. And when our relationship went public, and I was asked to talk openly about what he had done and what my experience had been. There was this community outcry and this organization that developed for support of him. And um, it was before social media. Thank goodness. Really. I'm like really grateful for that because this was kind of a long, it was a, a long time ago now that I was in high school, Ramona. But it was so impactful to me. Uh, because they they called me names, um, a liar and homewrecker. They wrote letters in support. They put signs out. There was like um, notes in my locker, you know, and sometimes and I would walk through the hallways and, and, and kind of no one would look at me, you know. And I remember one night, it was a, it was a night that I had been invited to testify at a closed school board meeting. But before the closed meeting, there was an open session. And um, the open session, the, there was this big group of community members that came and they read letters of support and they got up and they held up signs and they clapped and cheered and said things to try to discredit me. And, and then after that happened, I went alone into closed session. And then basically I graduated and left town with no, nothing. I didn't have close ties with my family. The church that I had gone to, no one, you know, was 
kind of supportive from there. He had isolated me from my friends as abusers do. And so I didn't have friends. And so I went and tried to start college and rebuilt my life. And I say all that because the thing that I dealt with so much and the main lie that the enemy continues, even all this time later, continues to the thing that will raise its ugly head is that lie that you will never belong anywhere. And when I believe a lie like that about myself, then I am completely not in agreement, as I was saying earlier, with who God says I am, right? Because God says that I'm seen and known and that I'm adopted and that I'm secure and that I'm never left, that I'm never forsaken, that he never, you know, or that's what God says about me and who I am. But when I listen to or when I judge my value based on that moment in time, which is kind of solidified. I think a lot of us probably have some of those pivotal moments in our life that the enemy goes back to over and over again. And that can raise, it, it has affected my relationships through the years. It affects how I believe, what I believe about myself. And, and even when I'm not careful, I guess, what I believe about God and what's true about him. And so, yeah, that's just a little look maybe in some of the reasons why this has been a struggle and continues to be a struggle, which is why I said we claim it and reclaim it, right? Because I've developed some skills over the years to help me not stay in that place, but I do not stay in that place. Well, Angie, let me just say this. If you would have been at my school, I would have been that one girl <laughs> that would have taken my hoops off, okay? You thought for me? It's on <laughs> before Christ. <laughs> Now I just pray for you. But <laughs> like, oh, uh, uh-uh, not with my girl Angie. No, oh. take the hoops off. It, I'm from New Jersey. I have to well, go. <laughs> I appreciate that because I, you know, it's it's kind. I've I've said the story. I've told the story so many times, but I don't ever say it or tell the story that I don't feel the pain and isolation that at 17 sitting in that room I felt. Mm-hmm. Girl, I was feeling it for you, just listening to you. Yeah. Ooh, girl. So I just, I can't imagine. But we all know that what God meant for, um, that what the enemy meant for harm, God flipped the script and used it for you good. Because that's Genesis 50, 20. That's one of my favorites. Yes. Yeah. So, oh, girl. So where are some of the places that you've looked for peace and fell short? Yeah. So I looked, I have looked for it and continue to look for it in all kinds of the wrong, look for peace in all the wrong places, right? That could be like a country song too, probably. But um, yeah, I look for it in perfectionism. I try to keep my life and my, I don't know, my everything like in a state of where it, it, above reproach, if I am perfect, then they can't say those things about me. Like I know, like I know it and I still do it. Right. I, it's a lie but I still do it. And when you're striving for perfectionism, one of the things that you do not have very much is peace because guess what? You're never perfect. So that's a fail total every time. I have looked for it in productivity because one of the things that I still really struggle with in my life is believing that I can have value because of who I am, not what I do. So you may not, you, I, you may not value me, Ramona, just because I'm Angie and I show up here tonight. But if I do a good job for you on something, if I contribute something, if I fix something, if I, you know, whatever, if I somehow, if I produce something that's valuable to you, then it'll be okay that I'm here and that I take up a little space because I will have not depended upon just myself being enough, if that makes sense. Yeah. So it's- 
totally makes yeah, sense. Yeah, so perfectionism, productivity. I also frequently fall into the overscheduled, overcommitted category. And a lot of that is the same kind of reasons because uh, if I'm not valuable on my own, then I must be doing something that is valuable that's like more tangible. So if I'm if I'm busy and if I stay busy and stay productive and then maybe I'm worth something, you know, and I say all this, I mean, all this has an asterisk by it because I know that's not true. Right. I know that's not true because I really do believe what God says about me. I do believe it. And I forget to believe it all the time. But I love um, how you're just being so honest about those feelings because there are women that are watching this program today or may watch in the future that by you sharing this, I, listen, some things are going off in my head now as you as you were talking, some things are going off in my head. It's like, oh, is that why I do that? Is that why I do that? Like there were a lot of things on your list that I was like, uh, yeah, I do that too. I do that too. Girl, you all in my head today. <laughs> Sorry, Sorry. All in my head today. Oh my gosh, but no, thank you. I love it because this is why we're here today. We want to set some women free and knowing that they don't have to live like this and they're not crazy. And that, yeah, we go through these things because of the things that we've gone through in life. Yes. Um, oh, wow. So yeah. how, do we, how do you recognize when you're not living peacefully? Like, so what are some of the things that you do to reclaim peace? Yeah, for me, I recognize it when uh, a, a variety of things, I think largely it's when I try to be in control, right? When I try to take control, when I, because that for me looks like anxiety. It looks like worry. It looks like waking up in the night because my head is like spinning and I'm trying to find answers and I need answers right now. It's when my schedule gets too busy again, because I've loaded it with things thinking I'm not good enough just the way that I am. And so I need to go looking for that in a different place. Um, and so, yeah, I think anxiety, worry, fear, those kind of things that raise up. Because, I, you know, I'm this kind of person, and I'm, I'm sure some of your listeners maybe would see themselves in this. Like, I don't look like I'm afraid, you know. I don't look like I think that I don't belong somewhere or fit in, you know, quite the contrary. And people often say to me, you know, you're so put together. You feel you look so confident and all that. And, and to a certain degree, I am. I have a divine confidence in my calling and my abilities. And, we're, you know, I have spiritual gifts and those kind of things. But inside, there's this little girl sitting in that in that board meeting, right? You know, with all those people. And so I'm always looking around for the eyes that don't approve of me. And when you when you're focused on that, man, it just steals the joy from whatever you're called to. Um, and so I just try to, Ramona, over the years, I've tried to become more self-aware of when that that feeling, that stirring, I don't know, do you have that too? Like, what? how would you describe that? It's almost like a churning. Um, it's, it's the emotions that rise up in you that feel like facts it feels like it's absolutely right, you know, that everybody's against you or that you failed so bad you can't recover. You're, you're a terrible parent. Oh, anybody like that? You know, like, you know, this one thing happened, terrible parent. Or Yeah, 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 exactly. So when I start feeling all of that, I have to pause and ask myself, what is happening out here 
and in here that's making you feel like God is wrong about who he says you are and who he says he is. Because the one thing, and this is the ministry that I have is called Steady On. And I laugh about that all the time because the reason that the ministry is called Steady On isn't because I am steady, right? It's because I want to be. And so when I feel so unsteady, then how do I recognize that, first of all, and then reclaim that promise? Because God is constant. God didn't change his mind about me today because I feel different, right? God's word is constant. His character is constant. My life might change, but God in my life doesn't change. And so how do I get back to that remembering? Amen. So what have you learned does bring you a sense of peace? Yeah. You know what? I like to say, what's our plan? Because uh, for me, I'm always going to go back there to one degree. While I'm living on earth, there will be days, moments where I feel out of control, not peace, anxious, however you, you know, whatever words do you want to use around that. And so I try to have a plan and I do a variety of things. I have some scriptures, um, like you just rattled one off, right? If you have some scriptures that are good to hold on to, then you can reclaim the truth in those scriptures. I think a lot of times we have a scripture or a story or a character in the Bible that for whatever reason, we just get that person. Like for me, I think it's in Luke 7, the woman with the uh, anointing oil, right? That she goes in and like... I am this woman because she goes into the Pharisee's house and what do they say? What is she doing here? She doesn't belong here, right? She doesn't, she's a sinner. She doesn't belong here. We don't want her here. Why are you letting her be here? Right. And where does she belong? Who says she does belong? It's Jesus. And there's such a, for me, there's such a powerful reminder in that even when I feel like I don't belong anywhere, I absolutely belong at the feet of Jesus. He will never turn me away when I bring whatever it is that I'm bringing as an offering, even if it's my anxiety, even if it's my, because my desire, my heart is to return to him and he honors that. And so, you know, who's that person? What's that thing for you? My bangs are doing something weird and I'm backwards. And so here I am like, I'll just, all I see is my bangs. Uh, anyway, but what's your thing, right? What's your genesis? What's your Genesis 50:20 or your woman with the anointing oil or the story that just every time you hear it, it means something to you? Go back to that story and remember the truth, how it speaks to your heart. Spend some time with him. You know, I have um, I love to do. I have an app on my phone called Abide. I don't know if you're familiar with that at all, but it's like a Christian meditation. It's it takes a verse of scripture and it just camps on it for you can pick like how long two minutes five minutes 15 minutes and so i'll just like i need 15 minutes and i'll find a place and i'll put my earbuds in and i'll go through one of those meditations and it helps me breathe again it reconnects me to the source the 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 person that is peace right it reconnects me to him i have playlists on my phone uh music that i love i know before we went on you had some lauren daigle playing on your phone so you know what are some of the songs if music touches your heart what are some of the songs 
that speak to you, remind you of truth. You know, I have the immense privilege of being able to serve communion in the church that I serve. And when we go through the sacrament of Holy Communion, in our tradition anyway, the thing that we say always is when he shares the bread and shares the wine, he says, whenever you eat of this, whenever you drink of this, remember and be thankful right? Remember and be thankful. That's what he calls us to. That's what this is about, right? And so what are we doing in our personal spiritual journey to remember and be thankful? Because God might not feel faithful in um, whatever you're going through right now, but if he's been faithful before, we can recall yeah. that, right? Hang on to that. You may not feel that big right now, but you might remember when he's felt big before go back to that and remember and be thankful for his faithfulness and have faith in the fact that he is faithful now too because he doesn't change but i think yeah. it's really important to have practical things you know and things that really mean something to you so that when you feel anxious that you can say okay this is what this is breathing exercises are so good sometimes i have this thing that i do what i just breathe in you are and breathe out loved you are loved. You do that like five times in a row, like just breathe in and exhale slowly. It's amazing how different the perspective is, right? It's just, what do you do to throw? I, I have I, I have trauma brain. My family laughs about this sometimes. You know, our brain automatically tries to create a story, take us to a place, whatever. It's it's just like scientific, right? I, I don't, I'm not that's not my profession, but I've been in enough therapy. I've learned, uh, but it's scientific. What can we do when we're feeling that way? When our brain is saying you need to be worried, right? Or you need to fight or flight or something like that. How do we knock that off that track? How do we reclaim the peace that God offers us in abundance? Um, what do we listen to? How do we breathe? You know, what's our plan? And so I think it's really important to have an individualized sort of reclaim peace plan. Yes, and I'm all for therapy. I say, I, I, I need a t-shirt that says, um, Jesus, coffee, and a therapist. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think at some point, you know, therapy's good. Um, I joke around and say that maybe I should go back to therapy for some things. <laughs> um, no, that's not, it's not weak. It's not, no. it's very strong to get another a professional opinion, you know, and I, I'm real big on find one that's a good fit. And it doesn't have to be, I, I don't know how you feel about this. I do not feel like they have to be a Christian counselor per se, as long as they respect the fact that your faith is a big part of your therapy, right? Because the professional person with Jesus has been a huge connector for me. The professional person that can say, this is what's happening in your trauma brain and Jesus that comes alongside and says, and this is the truth. This is the practical plan you can apply to, to throw that in the, now, if it's someone that doesn't respect that, that's not a good fit. If you're a Christian, that's not a good fit. Keep moving on. But, um, but I have had a lot of success in working with professional people in the secular world that were Christians themselves but uh, maybe not biblically trained, but very respectful of the fact how important that was to me in my journey. Yes, definitely. So my last question, I think you might've already answered this. Can you share a verse or passage of scripture that helps keep you grounded when life tempts you to be anxious? And you shared some, I don't know if you have any more. Yeah, I, yeah, I have several, but yeah. So Psalm 40 verse two is the verse for my study on ministry. And it says, he set my feet on solid ground and steadied me as I walked along. I love that verse 
because it's like an action verse, it helps me to not feel bad about myself when I've gotten unsteady again. It's like he steadied me as I walked along, right? Um, because the road sometimes gets slippery and I'm going to slip sometimes. I'm going, I'm, I'm going to look right or left. I'm going to take my eyes off of him and things are going to make me all nervous or whatever. And um, he will steady me again. So there's like this constancy. He's not shaken just because I'm shaken, you know? Um, so I love that one. That's Psalm 40 verse 2. And I also like Psalm 94, 19. I don't know that one by memory, but I wrote it down. So I'm going to read it to you. It says, when anxiety was great within me, your consolation brought me joy. And the, the root word for this consolation means to breathe deeply. And if you like add that, it, when anxiety was great within me, your breathe deeply brought me joy. And I think about like uh, joy when you're, when anxiety is great within you, joy seems to be like the, the farthest thing away from, you know, what you're experiencing. And yet there's this idea that if we breathe deeply, the presence of the Lord, right? If we, if we sit in and receive, it's not, it's not like searching because we got to find it because it's hidden. It's really just pausing long enough to receive because it's already promised to us in abundance, joy and rest and peace. He says he wants to give us these things in abundance. And so how do we posture ourselves to breathe deeply and receive it? So there's a couple more of my favorites. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go back and jot those down because it's um, funny. So um, things that bring me anxiety um, are um, getting in an MRI machine. And, are you claustrophobic? Yes. Yes. I don't even like to say it, but I am. Yeah. <laughs> I just I call you my, out on it then. Yeah, I did. Um, yeah, I have one coming up on the 24th. And um, it, it's been challenging for me because this is me talking, Angie. And I could talk to you because we're sisters, right? I'm like, I love Jesus. I believe in him. I believe his word. Why? Why does it keep happening every time I get in this machine that I'm like, stop the press, everybody stop. Um, I can't do this. Give me a couple seconds. I got to get it together. And I had a tech one time really get annoyed with me. She said, come on, you know, this is really quick. You know, you'll be in and out. And I looked at her and I said, I'm so sorry. And I put my hand on my chest. That's kind of like a sign of peace for me. Right. And I tears started to flow. And I said, you know, this is real. Like, I'm sorry. It's disrupting your flow of patients. Mm -hmm. um, I work for doctors, and so I understand the you know you know you got to get the patients in and out. I I totally get it, yep. but I just I can't right now. And so she left very upset, and then somebody else came in, and she said, "Oh, honey, what's going on?" And so I explained to her, I said, "I'm so sorry. You know, I'm a grown woman, 51 years old, and this is what happens to me." And she's like, "Don't worry. You know, I'll work with you." And so she worked with me and we figured out they're putting a washcloth over my eyes. So if I did open my eyes, I wouldn't see this machine in my mm -hmm. face and think, auto. <laughs> I'm thinking I'm in a coffin. I tell my kids, when I die, make sure I'm dead before you seal the coffin, because that's going to be an issue. <laughs> Please be sure I'm dead. I think that's very good. That's, that's not a hard request, I think. I think that's important. Yes. Or you slide me in the freezer while y'all waiting to make the arrangements, make sure I'm dead because that's going to be an issue. So we kind of worked it out. They put a washcloth. Um, another time, the one of the technicians, he held my hand. He was a Christian. Thank you, Jesus. He held my hand and he talked to me 
um, until he had to let the hand go, obviously, but he talked me through it, kept the washcloth, you know, over my eyes. We, we've done some things, but it's a traumatic experience. <laughs> and I went every six months, every year, every two years. Now I'm on every three years. And let me tell you, I'm not looking forward to it. No, no. And I, th I think that's a great example because I think a lot of us have things that we know sort of trigger that lack of peace feeling, whatever that is for us. Right. And so how do we like prepare ourselves and give ourselves grace because we're going to face things that are hard that are going to, yeah, kind of send us into a little bit of a spiral. Mm hmm. Yes, it's uh, interesting. Very interesting. So <laughs> let's go over. I can see my comments are blowing up. Let's go over to the comments section yes. um, and see what we have going on there. Let's see. Let's see. My good friend Deb Rittner says hello. Hello, Deb. Deb is, um, oh my gosh, she's amazing. So she's opening up a, a, a little shop in town where they do um, like the wood crafts. Fine. Uh, I'll, I'll give her a shout out later, but yeah, she's amazing. Uh, it's opening up sometime soon and I can't wait to go. Let's see, Wendy says, hello. Hello, Wendy. Deb says, nice to meet you, Angie. You Maricelli Marte, hello. She's a life hello. coach. She just oh, opened nice. practice. Mm -hmm. She's a life coach. She helps women uh, find their identity in Christ, right? Nice. Yeah. Agreeing with God by believing who God says I am and who He says He is. Whoa! I'm telling you that I need that on a T-shirt. It took me a while to really like get that for myself. That that's. That's what's not happening when I feel like that, right? When I feel out of control, spiraling, not that I'm in control, but you know, when you have that like feeling and um, I'm like, okay, yes, I have forgotten to remember what I know. <laughs> yes, that's huge. I'm, I'm keeping that. I'm going to keep it in my nose section of my phone, honey. That is good stuff. Yay, good. Brenda, knowing my identity with God has helped me to be bold, brave and reconquer fear. Yes. Yeah. I, I appreciate what Brenda says there about brave too, because, you know, we all have ministry to do. God wants to partner with us in kingdom work and the, the surest way for us to not be able to do that because it's always going to involve some risk. It's always going to involve a little bit more than what we think we can do. Right. Cause that is partnering with God. Cause we have to have faith that he will like, bridge the gap, if you will, between what we can offer and what he's calling us to do. And when we don't share his belief in who we are in him, then we're always going to find reasons to not step out with him in, in the work that he calls us to, I think. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, yes. Gigi says, absolutely. So she is agreeing with everything you are saying. Wendy gave us a high five. So there was something there that you said Yay. that she relates to. Didn't I tell you? Deb says, I can relate to the peace in the wrong places. These are hard habits to break. Yes, yes, I am. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I think they are really hard habits to break. And here's the reason why, because they do bring a little something. Like it's sort of like a bomb, you know, because when I, I went through a period of time that the Lord really opened my heart to an idol in my life. And I, it's just gross for me to even 
talk about being an idol worshiper, but we all are. And we just like, we have to, I know we have to find the places, but I um, am naturally gifted at organizing. Like I, I'm like administration is one of my spiritual gifts and I'm an organizer. And I, I just, that's, that's one of, that's my jam, you know, kind of, I can do that kind of stuff in my sleep. And so as I, um, as I, sort of began to, as, as I was saying earlier, work towards like productivity to find my place and some of those kind of things. It was so easy for me to lead the committees and spreadsheet things and, you know, those like administrative things. And I did so much of that in the life of the church because that's where I was involved. And, you know, on the outside, I wasn't doing anything wrong. Right. I wasn't doing anything wrong. And there was fruit from what I was doing. And on the outside, it was like, oh, look at her living into her ministry gifts. Right. Like that. But the thing was, and I knew this for years, the Lord was really calling me to teach and write. But I didn't have time to do those things because I was all this busy, like doing administrative stuff. And when I had to get when when I got real honest, it's because doing administrative stuff, I didn't need him the same way that I needed him to write and teach, right? I didn't have to depend on him because I could do that myself. I could show up and say, hey, I'm going to lead this. Hey, I'm going to do this. I'm going to whatever, right? And I'll do a good job. And I know I will because I can. And it's not so risky. I don't have to do the. And so, yeah, and I, I find myself as um, I think it was Deb, right? That was saying those habits are hard to break. Yes, those habits are hard to break because... I, the Lord's calling me to this place right now where he's like, I don't, I want you to say yes to the things that I'm calling you to, yeah. not just the things that you can do in your own strength, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's been a real learning, uh, a real learning experience for me. And that was the difference between talent and gift. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. You're talented to do the administrative yes. stuff. Yes. But gift yes. mm-hmm. is to teach. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And but it was it's a lot scarier. And, you know, it risks rejection at a higher level, which, as you can imagine, you know, that's a big thing for me, uh, feeling like I don't belong places. And then when somebody like dares to say, I don't agree with what you have to say, or I don't think you should do that or what, you know, whatever or you don't you actually don't belong here. This isn't a good fit for you. You know, those sort of things. And yeah. it's a lot riskier, at least for me in my life, it's a lot riskier to do that by like writing something or speaking somewhere or something than it is to say, Okay, hey, listen, I spreadsheeted this for us all. You know, people for the most part aren't going to resign a lot of pushback from that. So, and and I and I always like when I tell that story. You know, it may be the opposite for someone else. Administration things may be the thing that's risky that God is calling someone else to do. So I'm not like weighting one higher than the other. So I don't want anybody to pick that up. You know, it's the thing that he's calling you to do that, you know, you have some hesitation about, will we believe him? And if we decide that we're doing things in our own strength, then it really is something between us and God that, you know, for me anyway, he really called me to look at that in my life, examine my motives. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. That's good stuff. So Brenda says brave testimony. Thank you. It is. Thank you, Brenda. She says, Marie Kreischer, feel free to join me. Oh, she was just adding somebody. Oh, awesome. (laughs) Deb says, such a great point. Many women feel those same feelings of not belonging. Get behind us, Satan. Yeah, I I think if you, out of 10 women, probably nine would say that would be. Mm -hmm. I don't know a whole lot of people that, yeah. Mm -hmm. I think it, I think we do a lot of conforming. I don't know if that's exactly the right word. I think we do a lot of proving 
that we can fit in or, or belong somewhere instead of, it's so interesting because I, I have this, there's this lake close to by where I live. I live in a university town and our campus has a lake that's about, it's about two miles around and I walk there often. And I was just observing just the other day, uh, there's a lot of ducks on the lake and there's one that's like blonde where the rest of them that are like kind of look the same, but there's one that's yellow, you know, like, I guess blonde. I don't know. I don't know anything about ducks, but she's different than all the rest of them. And I just stood there and watched her the other day because I thought how interesting that is because I'm so drawn to her. She's different, right? She has something different than the rest of them do. But so often, instead of seeing our uniqueness as a gift, we see it like as a detriment. Like the thing that makes me different than everybody else is like a God-given gift. Like this is a way that you can bless the world through your uniqueness. But so often, we think that's the thing that makes us like not belong or that's the thing that makes us different enough that we can't fit in or something. And so we try to either hide it or conform it, change it, or we just decide we're going to hate it instead of like thanking him for the fact that he's given us something to share that's unique in the world. We all have those. Amen, yeah, we're all the blonde duck. If <laughs> anybody yeah. that knows things about bl- d- ducks, they're like, it's not blonde. I don't know what she is. She's pretty. Um, Ruth is my Bible home girl. I admire everything about her. Mm. Yeah. Like if, if Deb and I could chat, I would just like be curious, like why, you know, what about Ruth is because I think that's great. Like have that go to, there's something about Ruth for Deb that reminds her of who she is in the Lord that reminds her of who God is in her life. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Deb, if you're still, I know she's watching. She's a faithful fan, supporter, thank God. Um, so, yeah, Deb, give us the answer. Why is Ruth your home? Yeah. Uh, the amygdala in our brain creates fear. I had to learn to reset my fears with the word to find peace in Jesus. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And her fear is the dentist. <laughs> I had to get dental work done today. I don't like the dentist either too much, but I am grateful that they can fix my teeth. <laughs> yeah. Gigi says, I'm claustrophobic also. Anxiety kicks in. What can you tell Gigi? I'm not claustrophobic, so I, I I won't speak to that specifically because but I but I do have things that feel like they close me in that make me nervous, right? And so for me. Not, I'm not afraid of social situations so much. Like that's not it. But I am, I do armor up when I sense that rejection is possible. And so it's it's not the same, Gigi. So I'm not, but but I know this feeling of like something is coming, something is coming, something is coming. I will say about 10 years ago, my family and I were involved in a head-on car crash. And it was, it was a traumatic experience for all of us. It was a long recovery. And I did go through a period of time where I was very, I was driving when the accident happened. And I did go through a period of time where I really struggled uh, to feel safe in a car. I mean, and we're not safe in a car, except for most of the time we get to our destination safely. Right. But when you've gone through something and you realize how quickly something changes, it's hard to relax. And I mean, even all these years later, I do find myself a more defensive driver than I ever was before. And so I just share that because I'm like, I get it where you're like, you've had maybe a negative experience. And then sometimes you can, even with like the rejection or with the driving, with the MRI, you can set yourself up 
to believe that this is also going to be a negative experience. And so what, what kind of plan can we make to get through it? Because, you know, for me driving, I had two little kids at the time. Ultimately I had a choice to make, right? I'm either going to drive or I'm going to stay home at all the time. And I'm not going to stay home at all. I'll stay home all the time. And so I have to figure out how to make this work for me again. And and what does that look like? And so, yeah. yeah. So how do you, how do you pray yourself up? What kind of songs do you listen to? Uh, you know, maybe a lot of times in an MRI machine, you get to pick your music, right? You know, so um, what kind of songs do you listen to through? Can you memorize a scripture verse and just say it repeatedly? Can you ask for help? Because that's a big thing. Sometimes we really struggle to say what we need. Like Ramona was saying in her MRI experience that the tech wasn't very nice. Well, that can feel like shame on top of fear, right? And so can somebody go with you that can know that you're anxious about it? Can you set that up with the tech and say, this is really hard for me. And so I might need an extra minute. You know, can you ask for what you need? Uh, because that's that makes us vulnerable. But I think that can be a real way that we can sort of circumvent that anxiety rising. Yeah. So you said uh, a, a, a couple minutes ago, you said armor up. I know what that means. If there's watching, if there's someone watching today that just was happened to find us on YouTube or FaceTime or somebody said, you know, come on, you got to check this out and they don't know what armored up is. Yeah. Tell them what you meant by armored up. Yeah. So um, specifically in Ephesians six, there is Paul writes about a military suit of armor and he talks about the helmet and the shield and the sword and the belt and the breastplate. And he talks about each of those having a function in terms of uh, uh, in relationship to our battling the enemy. It's a it's a fascinating description. And I encourage anyone, if you haven't read it before, if you haven't read it in a while, read it with some commentary and look at the suit of armor on a Roman soldier so that you can kind of get the full effect. Because in, in our Western eyes, sometimes we're like, oh, I know what a shield is. You know, it's this little thing that you hold. It's not some of the pieces. It's remarkable as you listen to Paul describe what the pieces can protect us from with the tactics of the enemy. So that's in Ephesians 6. I don't know the verses exactly, but it's in it's Ephesians 6. A, yeah, it's Ephesians 6. Um, yeah. I was looking for it while you were um, yeah. talking. Um, and uh, he starts talking about the Christian warfare in a viral <laughs> verse 10. Uh, and so 13, it says, for this reason, take up the full armor of God so that you may be able to resist in the evil day and having prepared everything to take your stand stand therefore with truth like a belt around your waist and I, the truth and the belt everything like rests on the belt so the truth of god's loving you right of god's seeing you as his precious child is like the the thing that everything rests on go ahead ramona yeah yeah um so stand therefore with truth like a belt around your waist righteousness like armor on your chest mm -hmm. to protect those vital organs choose make right make right choices choices that keep us in right relationship with god yep and your feet sandaled with readiness for the gospel of peace yes the shoes of peace and th those shoes had like these little like spiky things on them so that here's the thing when you wear these shoes of peace with the little spiky like kind of like cleats but like they grab on right so that when you're uh walking over rocky or uneven terrain hello anybody's life ever feel like uneven terrain they can grip 
right? The piece can like grip and keep you moving forward so that you don't fall. Yeah. Yes. Don't you like how I interrupt you every two seconds? No, no, no. I love it. We're flowing well, girl. Okay. I love it, honey. We're gonna do we're gonna do some more teaching here. <laughs> In every situation, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take uh, evil one, take it on, my sister. And that and that shield was like three foot tall. Like it was like this huge thing, and it was curved around them. And it's to prevent, I think he says in some translations, it's the fiery arrows, right? And so it's like this thing because the fiery arrows are the lies. It's what the enemy says to me. You don't belong anywhere. But when I have the faith, when I remember what God says is true, then that, that shield protects me from those lies. And they can, I, I won't say they just bounce right off, but they don't. Uh, I mean, some of them can bounce right off. When I'm in a good place, they can bounce right off. But they certainly have a less pull me down kind of effect than if I'm not holding up that shield and saying, uh-uh, that's not true that I don't belong anywhere because I always belong with him. Right. Amen. Amen. Uh, so we're okay. So, uh, so take, take the helmet of salvation mm -hmm. and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Yep. Yeah. So the helmet is this, this, understanding that my salvation is secure. It's like protects your mind, right? Like no matter what happens, some things are, are stable. The fact that he will, Joshua 1, 5, I will never leave nor forsake you, right? Uh, that sounds like the same thing, but leaving is like geographic and forsaking is like emotional. So look, no matter if I know this, I am, my salvation is secure. I know this, no matter what's happening in the world, no matter what's happening in my circumstances, God is not gone physically and God is not gone. He has not deserted me emotionally when I need him. Amen. Amen. So that means even if your mother left you, your father, uh, your husband, your yep. wife, your yep. children, he yep. has not. Uh, and all of that hurts really bad. I, and, I, you know, so I, it's not that it doesn't hurt. It's not that you're okay. not going to be, you know, nervous when you go to the MRI machine, whatever you're facing. It's not that that's going to. But but can we I love in this Ephesians six right away, it says stand and stand like it just says this is what you need and this is how you stand because we can have this stability. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And then he wraps it up with saying, uh Pray at all times in the spirit with every prayer and request and stay alert with all perseverance, perseverance and intercession for all the saints. Mm -hmm. So take it yes. away. Sid. Stay alert. I think that that's when you said it, that's not to stay alert is what I get out of that. And I think um, I'm going to get a lot of things out of it, but that's what like pops out to me tonight because it's um, how are we staying alert? It's so easy to be apathetic in our spiritual walk, you know, and, and when we're apathetic, then like our spiritual muscles, they like, they get weak, you know? And then um, what are we doing? What are we doing to have a plan and to execute the plan to remember and be thankful? Because some days are tough and we need to have that like, not, we don't need to be like on autopilot, but it needs to be instinctual. When I feel like this, I run to this because we're going to run to something, right? right? When I feel like this, I'll run to this. Mm -hmm. So stay yes. alert. Mm -hmm. Yes. So if you got to leave stickies, notes, yep. Uh, yep. something on your phone, whatever, to yep. remind yep. you, um, you know, do whatever it is to remind you to stand firm in the word. You know, I had a conversation with someone the other day and we were talking about what's going on in Afghanistan and how, you know, our brothers and sisters 
are having to like, burn their Bibles and take their apps off their phone and get rid of anything that would tell someone this person's a Christian. And I was saying, this is why we have to get into the word of God. So when we need the, the word, because we, we do need it, we need it all the time. But so when we need to get through whatever they're going through, I can't even imagine that you can have those verses memorized and then you can speak, you know, and you can constantly and, and you know, I hope I never live to see a day where we can't have Bibles here, but we really need to get into the word. Um, and so thank you. Thank you for, for, for sharing that today. Um, so hopefully, Gigi, that helped you a little. Yeah. Um, Deb says, oh, Ramona, Mark struggles with that too. He has to be medicated. It's so real. Hugs, darling. Oh, I'll take your, your virtual yeah. hug. Yeah. Um, obedience is hard to apply. Good point. Oh, we could be here all night talking about obedience, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, Tabitha Deller says, slow obedience is no obedience. Hmm. You know, I think I, I don't have any context to that. So and I don't disagree, but I do think that God honors the heart that honors him. And he do. Un, he does understand that we're afraid sometimes I think you know he I think he I know I don't you know in that time that I was talking about when I was all about administration and 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 the things that I was doing he had such grace for his child who wanted to serve him but didn't mm -hmm. believe enough about herself and didn't trust him enough to serve him the way that he was calling me to serve him he had so much patience with me during that season um, and so, but I also, when we feel him calling us and we just ignore that, because I've done that too, we will struggle to have this peace that we're talking about, you know, because there's a peace that comes in connection with him, whether or not whatever we're trying to do goes the way that we think that it needs to go. Right. Uh, when we know it's like that, it's the breastplate of righteousness. When we know that we are making decisions to the best of our ability in line with what he calls us to do and who he calls us to be in the image of Christ, right? Trying to live our life in his example. Then we are protecting sort of those vital organs, if you will, with that breastplate of righteousness. And he honors that. So it takes us a while to get there. So um, it, sometimes it does. It does. Yeah. It but a while to get it. I yeah. didn't understand it. It's been, yeah. you know, when I hear people say that, you know, once they gave their life to Christ, immediately they got everything. I'm like, praise the Lord for that. That's I a great story. That's not mine, though. Yeah. <laughs> My walk with the Lord, unfortunately, has been a little bit longer. It's been, been a little windy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A lot of up and down. A lot of, yeah. like, come on, Ramona, get back on track. Like, keep your eyes on the prize. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, and he and he created me, so he knew that I was a little special. It's gonna take it no longer. But praise God, I'm finally getting it, and now yeah. I'm excited because I'm yeah. like, I waited all that time, but I didn't. Because God's time for us is is not the same time, right? Yeah, His time and, I, it's, and I and I that's the, that's a good example of those flaming arrows, right? That the enemy will say, you know, you waited too long, uh, you're too old now, or you don't know enough, or you didn't, um, you this when you were supposed to. And so, you know, and I think, well, I, the Lord, it's his welcomes, time. He welcomes someone who wants to grow with him 
even if, you know, he would have done something great in our life 10 years earlier, had we given our life more fully to him then sure. Yeah. He would have used that, but, but today's a good day to decide I want to do it your way, Lord. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to share a story real quick. So I um, recently took a vacation with my brother and I don't think as adults, we've ever taken a vacation before. Um, and he's the one that gave me my first Bible. Oh. Someone had given me a Bible before, but that really didn't count because I don't think I ever opened that one up. But <laughs> his Bible was the first Bible I opened up. If you're using it as a coaster, then it's not, <laughs> and, it's not serving its purpose. Yeah. And so, you know, I didn't understand it. You know, I did, yeah, whatever. I can give you all the 800 billion excuses. But anywho. Fast forward on my long journey. Now we take a vacation together. And while my husband's sleeping and his wife is sleeping, the two of us are sitting on this, um, the home we were staying, they had a huge table in the kitchen. You can sit, I don't know, 10, 12 people. And he's sitting on his end. I'm sitting on my end and we're drinking our coffee. We had already let the dogs out. And we're sitting there and he's doing his thing in the word of God. And I'm doing my thing in the word of God. And I have to tell you, I would peek up every once in a while. And then I look at God and I'd be like, Lord, look, like I never thought (laughs) I'd be sitting here, like, you know, in the word of God with my brother. Like it was crazy. you know. And we did that the whole week. And I was like, yes. Yeah. I just, anywho, I just love it. You know, and I, that's a perfect example of some of that, like, remember and be thankful and the God and God's faithfulness, because on a day when he doesn't seem as close, you know, there's, um, there's that memory of, oh my goodness, the work that you have done in my life and the, the way that you've brought me close to you, it's real. And so it can help us feel like he is real and close, even on days when our emotions would uh, tempt us to believe otherwise. Right. Yeah. Amen. So Gigi says different is great. And I say different is great because we are a peculiar people, right? (laughs) We're not supposed to be like everybody else, but I like being, (laughs) I didn't always like being different, but I like being she says she's definitely the blonde duck. <laughs> That's funny. All right. So Debbie. Ooh, okay. So Debbie says she takes a leap. Also referring she's to talking Ruth. About Ruth. Yes, 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 yes. Referring to Ruth. She takes a leap of faith all the while loving and being faithful to her mother-in-law and her mother-in-law's God. Her God in the end. Yes. And then becomes part of the lineage of Christ. Tell me again why God cannot use you. He used a foreign Moabite woman. Ramona, there is a blog on the Connection website. I wrote about Ruth that explains it better. Okay, we'll check it out later, sis. Yeah, that's great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And then she says, and the shoes, girl. Don't forget the shoes. Oh, yeah, did we forget the shoes? No, we. I I bet she said that before we got that. We circled back to the shoes. No, we're talking about the shoes of peace. Yeah, right, yeah. Yeah. Yes, Yes, I see that. Yep, yep, yep. Awesome sauce. Brenda says, yes, yes, yes. The armor of God. And for those of you who may be new and don't know, I'm going to throw a shout out to my girl, um, coffee with Starla. Uh, she does 30 day, um, Bible journaling, um, different themes last month in August, we did trusting God this month. She's doing praying on the armor of God. So if you're 
when you heard Angie say this, um, yes, we'll we'll get you some some information on how you. And I like the way she breaks it down. She starts out with about the truth, gives you scriptures that talks about that, and righteousness, the gospel, peace, faith, shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, sword of spirit, prayer, and all that. And so she, so yes. And then Angie has a lot of stuff that we're going to talk about before we let her go tonight too. How you can find her and her teaching. Um, let's see. Brenda says Jess is our prince of peace probably jesus i bet this i bet it's missing a you okay yes jesus yes deb brentner she says uh i love that ramona just imagine the day you're in heaven with him i'm assuming she's talking about my brother yes i know i know i know okay so Gigi says angie that you say listen to abide for meditation tell her about it sister i do like abide there are probably others abide is not free I, well, I think it's free if you just do like the two minute apps, but I like the 15 minute or the meditations. I like the 15 minute. It has a lot of different music that you can pick to it, different author or uh, narrators and stuff throughout the days. And there's also a lot of like, um, like if you wanted to look up anxiety, like I would uh, like, this is how I'm feeling today. There's, what am I trying to say? Like by subject, you know, sort of thing. There's a lot of those. Mm -hmm. in there. I think I pay $30 for the, for that app, but yeah. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't think it's like really expensive, but it's not there. There might be other try like it, you know, before you try that or try the the abide. I'm really I'm like 99 percent sure that like the, the shorter ones are free. So you could get a feel for it and see if it was even something that you liked. So. Okay, yeah. And then I'm kind of feeling a little generous, Miss Gigi. So if that's something that you want to look into. Um, I might have to bless you and uh, get you a year paid of um, abide. We'll have to talk on messenger and, yeah. uh, and we'll, and we'll see, we'll see about that. Yeah. Awesome. Is, I, I like it a lot. Mm -hmm. I like it, especially on days. If you ladies have something like this, but on days where like studying, cause I have a, a morning study, you know, thing that I do, but that every once in a while, the day before has been hard. My heart is hurting. And like studying, like getting in and like using my brain and studying feels hard. You know, it just, it feels like, but I can put my earbuds in and listen to the word of the Lord spoken to me and remind to breathe in his word and hear some music or whatever. And it's just like a balm, like rain on a hurting heart. And so, yeah, I, I, I love it. Or sometimes as I'm walking around the lake, you know, and I'm taking in the nature I just have one of those meditations on. So yeah, uh, there are moments where it's just like, I need, I need it to be spoken to me instead of mm -hmm. digging. Most of the time I dig, but sometimes, yeah, I like that too. So yeah. Yeah I, um, yeah. I like to hear the word of God. I love to read it, but I love to hear it too. And while I'm driving, I usually keep it on. If I'm doing some filing or things where I don't have to be focused, you know. And keeping our study habits fresh, I think is important in this whole thing that we're talking about with peace, because sometimes our soul, when we, we can get into a routine and it becomes more about checking a box or something. And sometimes when we just change it up a little bit, our soul sort of sits up and like, hey, what's going on? You know, and I, I, I think that can be an important part of this, too. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So I had someone who's watching anonymously. I'm going to say, we're not going to share her name. I know who she is, but she just sent me a private message and it says, my fear is forever being stuck where I am and never feel complete happiness again. Mm -hmm. What can you 
share with this anonymous um can't say caller because we're not on the call but <laughs> no that's fine you know no, i think what i hear in that if you're stuck in a bad place forever then i think what that is an experience of is an absence of hope and and so and the lord promises us a hope station right um that that we have a hope that we can cling wish i could pull a verse off right off the top of my head if you if you google friend bible verses on hope i think you'll find like maybe in a bible gateway or something like that will come up a lot of times an article will come up that'll say like 40 verses on hope or something look at some especially in the new testament look promises of hope and what we can put our hope in ultimately our hope is that we have a forever home that cannot be taken away from us there is a perfection a lack of sorrow a lack of hurting that is ours and as believers i think sometimes we again we get so focused on our circumstances that we forget this promise of eternity that is actually something to be forward to if you will right mm -hmm. um and i understand that you're hurting in whatever circumstance that you're in and so I really encourage you to read some scriptures about hope and hold up that shield of faith and say, my hope is in the Lord. My hope is not in my circumstances. Maybe I can't handle these circumstances. Maybe I can't change the circumstance. Maybe the circumstances are not going to change, but my hope is in the Lord. And I remember from his word that he doesn't leave me or forsake me. So I just encourage you, maybe do like a word study like that and let him speak to you. Uh, through some of his scriptures about that. I don't know. What about you, Ramona? What do you think? Well, I was I was just going to say, um, I did a, a 30 day on hope. Uh -huh. um, so I do have the scriptures and I was just saying, I'll find the hope yeah. uh, scriptures and send them to her mm -hmm. if she doesn't find them before I did. But yeah. yes, so so I, I, I get it. I've, I've had, you know, uh, we could be here all night, but yeah. we won't. <laughs> um, I, I have so many childhood things that happened that triggered me yes. that, you know, affected me and, and my walk with the Lord has been long, but I think what truly has helped me is getting into the word of God, not hearing what somebody's telling me, but reading it for myself mm -hmm. um and so i do in the morning the bible um scriptures i take the, the scripture uh i look at it in different verses um and then i basically dissect it i take it apart what am i observing you know how can i apply it to my yeah. life like i'm having aha moments yeah um and, and then for me is um faithfully doing it not to check it off yes. to do it because it's 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 like it's like chewing food and not swallowing it. If you if really swallow, yeah, yes. no health benefits for me, right? Yeah. I can if you really long. want a change in your life, I think you have to put it on your calendar. When are you going to make time to spend yeah. time with the Lord? Um, because it's not gonna change by and I don't know that your friend is doing this, I'm not saying but it's not going to change by us wishing that it would, right? Like right. when, how are you going to, what are you going to say no to? So you can say yes to Jesus 
Um, because you're probably a busy person, like we're busy people. And so does it mean getting up earlier? Does it mean cutting something else out of your schedule? Like, what does it mean? How much do you want to receive what he has for you? Cause he wants to give you that hope. Like he promises us that it's ours. So what's getting in the way? I think that's a big uh, question that we have to ask ourselves. So yeah, I didn't mean, I, I think I cut you no, off. No, I thought you were, yeah. So no, that's yeah, perfect. Yeah, mm-hmm. I have to intentionally set a timer for myself. Mm-hmm. And then I love my husband dearly, but then I had to tell my husband, no talky talky <laughs> until I'm done with the word of God. I know. I could get, I have my earbuds in sometimes and I'm listening to music and I'm praying the Lord, you know, uh, praising the Lord. And one of my kids will come in and, you know, I'll be like on the floor, you know, whatever, like, and I've just got some music and they're just like, mom, I'm like, no, can you not see that I'm doing something right now? Believe me, child, you need me to do this today. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And so I I had to set an alarm. I had to set an alarm to go off every day. Now I don't need it. It still goes off because, you know, I never want to be caught off guard, but I have to physically take myself out of my room. Um, If my husband's not in my room, I'll stay in my room. I've gone to my bathroom. Okay. My husband's off today. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I don't want to go downstairs. I went into the bathroom, me and my dog and my book. So I... I, I need that time. And now there's like, no, I used to make a lot of excuses and then mm-hmm. yeah. nope, it's yeah. not. So my husband's like, I know yeah. Jesus in the word of God first before I'm like, yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I have to get into that habit um, of really spending time with him because it's like a relationship. Yes. You know, when I met my husband, uh, I had to date him. I yes. had to court him. I had to yes. spend time with him in order to get to know him, to know that I wanted to marry him. So yes. now that I'm yes. married to him, then I'm, you know, you got to keep that relationship. You got, I get, you got to spend that time yes. with the Lord. You got to cultivate it. You got to, you got to want it more than anything. And I had to get to that point where I was like, I, I need this. Like I, this is it. And so, yeah. And as much as I knew Jesus and I grew up in church and all that, and I knew the stories and all that, I didn't really know Jesus until I started studying the Bible. Like I didn't really know. I believed in him and I, I, I did have a relationship with him and he was important to me and I did love him, but I didn't know him until I knew him in his word as, as you're saying for myself. Mm-hmm. Girl, I didn't even know my circumstances through his word. Like I'm in there, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. I didn't grow up in church, so I didn't know any, I thought right. God was this old man up there mean and that was it. And yeah, I didn't know anything about yeah. him. So it's been nice to get to know him as yeah. my father, yes. mm-hmm. as my daddy, as my Abba. Yes. Um, as 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 my redeemer, as my healer, as my restorer. I mean, I could be here all day from A to Z. Everything he's been to me, but it's been a process, yeah. and I had to I had to I had to make time for him. And now, yeah, I just I yeah I can't imagine. And there's so a, there's a song that's coming to mind, Ramona. As you're talking, it's Natalie Grant, and I think it's called "The Healer." Is that? Do you know that song by any chance? Where she sings, um, "Help me want the healer more than the healing. Help me want the savior more than the saving." Like, and it, it and I I think it's such a brave song, because what it's really saying is, "Help me want you, not what you can do." And yeah, 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I think it's exactly. called the healer, Natalie Grant. Okay. We'll have to look yeah. that up, ladies. Um, I had one on replay the other day, Graves into Gardens. Oh, that's a beautiful yeah. story. This version was different. This was Corin Hawthorne and the Essential Worship. And I just had that on replay. And I had, and that's another thing. You talked about music. I have certain songs where I will just play them, especially if I'm, you know, in life we're gonna have troubles. In life we're gonna have, you know, family issues, relationships that you wish could be one way, but they're not, no matter, you know, and I try to live by, you know, try to live in peace with everybody as as much as possible. <laughs> But unfortunately, we can't live at peace no. with everybody. So there's going to be people that, anywho. So there's certain times where um, there's a song that I will keep playing, like when I'm not feeling loved, when I'm not feeling wanted, when I made a choice that maybe wasn't the right choice for everybody, but I know that it was the right God thing to do. And so yeah. I'm not, I'm, yeah. you know, I'm not the biggest fan for making that choice. <laughs> there's certain songs where I would just play over and over and over again. And I'll just keep playing until I may not feel it, but I'm going to keep playing it until by the end of the day, I'm it like, yeah, I'm like, reminds you of what to believe. Yeah. Yeah. There's another one that I like a lot. I think it's Francesca Battistelli defender. Maybe is it my, yeah. gosh, I wish I could. And she talks about how you came back with the head of my enemy yes. and you called it my victory. And all I did was worship. And all I did was praise. Like when I hear that song, it reminds me of my job. Like he, he will fight for me. He will slay the one that says you'll never belong anywhere. When I focus my eyes on him, not, not because, it, but that's how it gets done. Right? Like when I, when I worship him, when I praise him, when I remember what he's done for me, I remember his faithfulness. Then that lie of that enemy dissipates because it yeah. doesn't have any power in the reflection in the, it doesn't share space with the name of Jesus. So when I invite the name of into that lie, the lie has to flee. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. I'll be in the car, I'll be crying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll be at the stoplight. <laughs> I can't go to work because my makeup's all a mess now. <laughs> Even at work, I've told some of my coworkers, um, you're going to see me crying at my desk today. I'm okay. Nothing's yep. wrong. I'm just, you know, I'm talking to Jesus. I'm feeling, feeling it. I'm, I'm fighting the battle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then the phone rings and then I got to get together. Yeah. <laughs> and I could just imagine the other cars like, what in the world? Do we need to call 911? But I'm just like, nope, I'm good. I got one hand on the steering wheel, though. That's right. I can do both. Oh, my gosh. That's funny. Girl, we could be here all night. Answer prayers built my faith as well. Yes. yes. Yep. Yep. Yes. Yes. I surrender all. Once I got out of the way, absolutely worship chains break. The sweetest sound in the world is the sound of chains falling to the floor. Like I believe, like yeah, the things that have held us in captivity. Oh my goodness, that's just that. When those shackles, those chains fall off of your personal life, not that you heard it from someone sharing a testimony, praise the Lord, but when it happens to you. Oh my gosh. Well, you don't like, then it's like, you don't have, you don't have to believe my story. Like, you know, it, this is my story. This is what the Lord has done for me. This is how he's freed me from something. Uh, and it doesn't matter if you believe, because it's my truth. 
Like I know it, like, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not something I picked up from someone else. Like it is my truth. And when we know that, when we've had that experience, then it does, it's just that faith muscle just is just strengthened so much. Yes, yes, yes. Brenda says, Ramona, you're hilarious. Okay, so my brother and I like to say that in another life, we probably should have been comedians. <laughs> but this is why I don't understand when people say, oh, you want me to be a Christian? Y'all so boring. The devil is a liar. This is the most fun I've ever had in my life as being a Christian. Because yeah. I'm free and I have the joy of Christ and I can laugh. Laughter's yeah. good. <laughs> and when I do cry, I say, you know what? He gave me tears and I'm going to use them today. <laughs> I'm gonna use yeah. them. I think the book of Galatians is like, if, if you're stuck in sort of routine Christianity or feeling like a weight of Christianity, the book of Galatians is it's just so much about freedom in Christ. I mean, that that's what that book, it's just, it's Paul writing saying you're, you know, you're, you're putting on a shackle of legalism and like routine, not the routine is bad. It's not the word that I'm really looking for, but like, you're just, um, you're, you're doing things to do things instead of living in the freedom of Christ. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because it's easy to fall into that sort of checking the box sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, write that down y'all. Um, Galatians, get into the book of Galatians. I was just going to share something and I lost it, but I'll find it here shortly. Someone just sent out an email today with some great information on the book of Galatians and it's free. I think you just need to sign up for her website. I'll put it on my page yeah. later. I love um, that book. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. So, okay. Okay. So I got to let you go because I could talk all night. That means I'm going to have to have you on the program again. So, so everybody knows um, we can find you on your website is livesteadyon.com. Yeah, live. Yeah, live steady on. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's good. On.com. Yeah. Um, Deb says she has chills. Uh, he's her redeemer. See, now we got these people praising the Lord because now they're starting to remember who he is. That's right. <laughs> I love it. Yes. Um, so then they can find you on Facebook at Live Steady On. Live Steady On. Yep. yep. They can find you on Instagram at Angie. Did I? I met girl. I messed up your last name. How, how do I pronounce your last name? Is it? I don't know. It's Bauman. Ball. It's Bauman. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. I, I messed it up. Yeah, it's Leave all good. It's the Puerto Rican Jersey girl. Me speaking two languages by the age of you know I don't know a year old. Anywho, okay. <laughs> I can mess it up. So it's Angie. Um, Bauman, oh, yeah, 421. Yep, and then your Bible studies are available on Amazon. Um, so we have a journey worth taking, exploring the significance of the gifts the wise men brought to Jesus. Tell us a little bit about that. That's a four week Bible study that, that does exactly that. So, uh, the gift of gold was a gift for a king. The gift of uh, incense was a gift for a priest and the gift of myrrh was a gift for a tragic gift for like, um, embalming. Right. And so I, I look at, at, uh, the gifts and what does it mean for Jesus to be a king in our life today? And what does it mean for him to be a priest in our life today? So we just kind of explore the gifts. It's a four week Bible study. And, uh, yeah, so that's the first. Okay. Then the other one is strong hearts, increasing our trust in Jesus through examining the lines of the Lord's prayer. Yeah. So that's a six week Bible study and it takes the lines of the Lord's prayer one by one. And it asks the trust question inside, like, 
Uh, like for instance, you know, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So it asks, is God a good parent? Right. Is that, is that something that I can trust? And so it's all about what do we say? Cause if, if people are in church and maybe the Lord's prayer is something they say every week, it can be something that we say, but don't really think about too much. One of my favorite things about teaching the Bible is taking something that we think we know and kind of poking on it a little bit and saying, what else is in there? You know? So I love to do that with my Bible studies. So. Yeah. Absolutely. And so, it, Andy, would you would you plug for one other thing? Because I'm offering a free conference at the end of the month. Would that be okay? So, yeah. so I want to just invite anyone who's listening. I'm offering a free conference at the end of the month. You can register on my website. It's livesteadyon.com. It's two days. We're going to be in Psalm 139 time, and we're going to talk about uh, who God says we are in Him and claiming the promise of God's security. So, um, yeah. It's free. So I just invite Check anybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thanks for Absolutely. letting me put that plug in. Yes. <laughs> Go to her webpage, sign up, um, take it, share it. Um, let her know you saw her on my show. Um, <laughs> I'm being silly. Um, yes. Okay. Wonderful. So Angie, before I let you go, what is the last thing you want to share with the women and men, whoever is tuning in tonight, because our show, we've got husbands that now watch the show because my girls are the greatest. <laughs> um, what, what, what would you say? What are the last things that you want to share tonight? I, I, ha- I would say if we cannot feel self like condemnation, there, there is no condemnation, right? We're going to be anxious about things. Sometimes we're going to feel like we're out of control and want to claim control. Sometimes we're going to feel farther away from God sometimes than we do other times. Um, that's okay. God knows that about us. There's a reason why he says over and over again, don't be anxious. Don't fear. Don't this. He wouldn't need to tell us that. And if he didn't think we were going to do it right, this does not surprise we are and what we're feeling doesn't surprise him. So if we can get into a habit of taking who we are and what we're feeling to him and ask him to re remind us of how he sees us and how he loves us, he won't do that for us. Um, and I encourage you to carve out what does that look like in your life? Because even if it's, if it's a day, don't underestimate what regular time with him in source, find an app, find a devotional, start somewhere and just begin to say, don't do it one day and say nothing happened. Sorry, (laughs) I have to give up. Like, you know, how do you create a regular intentional time that you spend to get to know him? Because he wants to speak to those circumstances. Yes. And I failed in the beginning so many times, but I just kept persevering, kept persevering, kept persevering yeah. until finally, that's all I wanted. And so now, thank God, I have my yes. time. And, it. and, and if like, you used to do it and it's been a long time, if you fall off for a little while, then start again. Up. Yes. Yes. He's, He's not mad at you. Exactly. He's a good, good father. Like uh, Chris Tomlin says, he's a good, good father. Yes. Um, Gigi says, great show, ladies. God bless. God bless you too, Gigi. Um, And Debbie, yes. uh, Deb, we will add all that information in the comments. Um, All right. Well, Angie, it was great talking to you this evening. Thank you so much for having me. What a joy. 
Yes. And um, stay on the line. I'm going to go ahead and add the broadcast because um, I just want to run a couple things by you real quick. Last comment. Father God, thank you for Ramona and Angie and the ties of social media. Dear God, keep a hedge of protection around these ladies that speak your truth mm -hmm. and share your word. In Jesus' precious name, I ask these things. Amen. And the people Deb, of God you. says it. Thank you so much, Deb. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate it. All right, Angie, I love you. Ladies. Yes, ladies, thank you for joining us tonight. Um, I'm going to go ahead and add all Angie's information to the comment section. We'll get it in there. Um, yeah, she'll stop by and say hi and thanks for watching. And um, we love you. Um, if there's any topic that we have not touched on that you'd like for us to talk about, please send me a message on messenger um and let me know and we'll find someone uh to speak uh in reference to that uh someone just said positive affirmations amen amen god bless you guys and have a wonderful evening night, night.